0: I thank you that we don't serve a weak God. That we serve a mighty God, an almighty God, a God whose name is above every other name, a God who is powerful, and a God who is not shaken nor is disturbed by anything that happens on this earth. God, we know that you are not sitting up there in heaven looking down on us, wondering what's about to happen next. God, that because of your power and your might... God, we can have total assurance that you have every single detail of our lives worked out. God, that all we have to do is walk in the path that you have set before us, and God, you will be glorified. That is our desire in our life is for the King of Kings to get glory from us menial servants, us pawns, God, us small insignificant grains of sand on the entire ocean and beach that is your glory. God, I pray, God, that we we, as insignificant as we are, might be able to bring glory to the King of kings. God, not only by singing your praises, but by allowing your word to change our lives forever. God, I know that it has the power to do that. If only we would surrender and we would obey, God, and we'd submit wholly to you. God, we'd give you everything. We'd make you number one in our lives so that nothing else matters. But you, as king in our lives, that's what matters. God, help us to do that. God, we know that through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, we have the ability to do that. So, God, we rest in that. We trust in that. God, thank you for that comforter, that advocate, God, that is there, God, to encourage us and show us your way. God, show us your way right now through your word, and God, may our lives be changed forever through this power that exists in this book. In Jesus' holy name, I do pray. Amen. You can be seated. Can you tell I like a distraction? It kind of fires me up. I don't know if you noticed that. I know who is behind the distraction, but I also know who holds the keys. We're taking a break from the series on prayer right now. I feel like this next series is probably going to last two weeks. Next week we'll have a, a lot of youth here, um, they'll be part of the D-Now weekend, uh, they'll be coming in, uh, they'll have spent the whole weekend at worship services and uh, hearing a phenomenal speaker and all that kind of stuff and they'll be coming in here, we're going to need your help with that a little bit and I'll tell you about that at the end of the service but um, I felt like we needed to change things up just a little bit, God put me on this path, it's today being Valentine's Day and we talk about love and truly loving and all of those kinds of things. I just felt like we needed to talk about the love of Christ. We talked. We need to talk about not only His love for us, but our love for Him, and how truly we do love Jesus, right? Like if I were to say in your room, ask people, all right, raise your hand if you love Jesus. Like everybody would be like, yeah, I love Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Jesus, I love Him. I love Jesus. But I wonder sometimes, sometimes if our lives reflect that, you know. And I know we talk about this a lot. And people are like, "Now, nah, really, Kenny, we got to go there again? All, all I feel like God's telling me to do today is simply read to you the words of Jesus. Now, this, is, this is Jesus talking. This is not Kenny talking. We read the words of Jesus and see what he says about if you really love him or not. I can't tell you how many people have come to faith in Christ because I ask them a simple word. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? And, and people hear that, and, it, you know, everybody's like, yeah, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. Then we read what God's word says, and then I ask the question again at the end of the sermon. I go, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Is the evidence of your life is that you love Jesus? And you see tears flowing down people's face where they, they're like, I thought I loved Jesus. I I, I thought I loved Jesus. And then they come to a realization that maybe I don't really love Jesus. Maybe I haven't really loved Jesus the way the Bible teaches me I'm supposed to love Jesus. And I go, well, that's why we got this book. that's That's why it sits there in your house and you never pick it up. You really should pick it up so you can look at it and you can see, do I really love Jesus? Let's look what Jesus says about do I really love Jesus or not. The evidence is it's stacked in this book that Jesus loves us, right? I mean, like, we know that. I mean, like, we can read this all day long about how Jesus loves us. And as a matter of fact, you know, this this really is a love letter is what it is. God's word is the fact, it's God the fact that he loves us. That's what it is. Right there in black and white and red, Jesus loves us. God loves us so much so he gave his son for us. We read that in John 3.16. Everybody knows that verse. We got it on, on placards in our house, and it's framed everywhere. And, I mean, you know, it's on T-shirts, and God loves us. We know that, right? But do you truly love Jesus? Just going to ask the question, do you love Jesus? You know, they're, they're, people sign letters a lot of time. They sign them, yours Truly. Yours truly, right? And I, I got to thinking about that. I like to take words like that and, and really dissect them and look at them sometimes and make you think about when you see this in a letter sometimes, what does that really mean? What does that really mean? And when, hopefully when, you'll, when you see those words, maybe at the bottom of a letter or something that, that's written somewhere, maybe you'll stop and think about Jesus for just a second. See, the reason I I like to take words like that and, and images like that that you see all over the place is so maybe you'll stop for a minute and think about Jesus. Maybe when you see yours truly written at the bottom of a letter sometime in the future, you'll stop and you'll think about Jesus. Because this is what I want you to ask yourself today. When you talk to God about your relationship with him, can you really say, I'm yours truly, Jesus. I really belong to you. I, I'm really in a relationship with you. I am, I am yours truly, Jesus. Is that what your life says when your life speaks? Is that what it says? We're going to take you to a passage today where Jesus, I mean, it's a tough time. Jesus is about to have to go to the cross, Jesus is, is talking to his disciples about the fact that he's got to die. John records what's going on here and he, he's talking to his best friends. You think about these guys, man. They went everywhere with him for like three years. They, you know, Jesus was doing all kinds of miracles and, and Jesus was hanging out with them at night and Jesus was praying with them and he was teaching them how to pray and he was just talking to them and they were just doing life together. And they grew close, man. These are guys that had given up everything. I mean, their jobs, their families, like everything. It's just like, I'm going to just go be with Jesus. And they go and they get to spend time with the Son of God. And as time goes on, they're able to see this guy's not playing. He is the real deal. He really is the Son of God. And now, after they've grown so close to him, they've seen him do all these miracles. They know he's got like all this amazing power. They've got this relationship developed with this guy, and now he tells them he's got to go. Now he tells them, that I, I got to go, and, and, and I, I know you don't know where I'm going. Because Thomas asked him, he goes, he goes, Lord, how can we go with you if we don't, we don't know where you're going? How can we go where you're going? We want to go with you. And, and of course, Jesus knows where he's got to go and what he's got to endure. What the Father has already orchestrated is the fact that he's got to go to the cross. And, and these guys don't understand that God's plan for them is so that they will go and spread the good news of Jesus, this message about the kingdom. They'll be the ones to continue on the message that Jesus started teaching. And then ultimately they'll end up dying, all except for one. And, and they don't really see all this right now. They're just confused because their, their buddy, their best friend, the one they love so deeply, he's got to go away. And he says, i got to go to the Father. i got to go to the Father. And Philip even asked the question. He's like, show us the Father. And Jesus is like, man, have you not been with me, Philip? Have you not been with me every single day to see that that if you have seen me, you've seen the Father? And they're just all kinds of confused about what Jesus is saying. He's talking to them about things that they can't really wrap their minds around at this point in time. And they're struggling, man. They're struggling with the fact that he's got to leave them. And they don't want him to. And they love him deeply. Because I believe that they, they really belong to him. They really have a relationship, a deep connected relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is telling them he's got to go. I got to go, guys. And it's a, I got to go be with the Father. He says, but don't worry. Don't worry. We're gonna, God's going to send you a comforter, an advocate is what he says. An advocate not for you but an advocate for the Father showing you what you're supposed to do. So Jesus is at this very critical time where he's telling them that he's got to go away. Their hearts are broken. Wouldn't you want, like, Jesus, give me your final word. Like, okay, you've got to go away. I'm struggling to understand that, but you say you do, so okay, fine. Tell me what's most important. Tell me what's most important for me to do since you've got to go away tell me what I need to do. Wouldn't you want that from Jesus? Wouldn't you like, wouldn't you want Jesus to tell you what to do? Like, if you were going to give me a final word, Jesus, what would it be? I have a question. Why aren't more people talking about this? The the final instructions of Jesus, why aren't more people, I mean, like shouting from the rooftops that this is the most important? I mean, wouldn't you think if Jesus is coming to the end of his life and he's got to leave you with a final word, wouldn't you think this would be very, very important for us to remember? You would, right? He says two things. He says two things. Last, final words of Jesus. Two things that he's, he's really, really harping on. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. John 14, 15. And he says, love each other the way I loved you. We talk about love all the time on Valentine's Day, don't we? We talk about being truly in love. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And everybody's like, oh, man, if I don't obey God's commandments, I don't love him. It's a big picture of your relationship with Jesus. Does that mean you don't mess up sometimes? Sometimes you you fall into sins, sometimes you do things that that are against God, yes, that happens, but the overall picture of your life, is it one that you love Jesus because you try your best in doing everything you can to obey his commands, to do the things that Jesus taught you to do? Is that the picture of your life? Really, everybody's like, well, everybody's going to mess up, right? Well, let me tell you, you either kind of fall into one category or the other, And what's funny is, I don't know which category you fall into, but you know. You know, okay? You know. If you examine yourself and you look, you're either in one category. We're trying to please God and have a heart's desire for God and to do the things that God wants you to do. Or you're not or you have less desire than to, to do things of God, you want to do things for yourself, about you, for you, not necessarily obeying Jesus, but every once in a while you may go over to this other side and, yeah, I'll do what Jesus wants me to do by being here on Sunday, and then I'm right back over here doing what I want to do, obeying my commands and my desires and obeying my flesh. You're either in one of those two categories. And you say, well, Kenny, it's not that easy. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. Just ask yourself, which of those two categories am I in? Am I in this category that's living for me, that I love me, or are you in this category over here where I love Jesus and, and, I love, and I'm doing what Jesus wants me to do? You're in one of those! You're in one of those categories. You know, people try to pretend all day long that they're not. They try to pretend that, Man, I'm somewhere in between, Kenny, I don't know where I am. Yes, you know. Yes, you absolutely know which category you're in and you try to hide and pretend and come to church and it's like man I just want to make it look like I'm in the other category. But you know when you lay down at night, you know which category you're in. Don't you? You know which you you, you know. It's not a big mystery. It's not as big of a mystery as people make it out to be. Is it? How about how about a relationship? How about a relationship, husband and wife? How about a relationship, teenagers, they love to date, they love to uh, talk, that's what they like to call it, Text back and forth, whatever. You're either in a relationship or you're not, right? It's not like, well, I'm kind of in a relationship, I don't really know. Yeah, you know. You know if you're in a relationship or not, don't you? You know. You know if it's really a relationship or not. Same thing with Jesus. You know. You know if you have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't know, you can read his word. Listen to what he says. This is what Jesus says. He says, remain connected to me is what he says. He says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I don't longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give, give you whatever you ask for. Using my name, this is my commandment. Love each other. Jesus is about to die. Jesus is about to be separated from his friends by death. He tells them that he's going to ask the Father to send them a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is talking to his best friends about what they need to know and about whether or not they actually have a relationship with him. And he says, "I'm the vine and you are the branches. He says, remain connected to me. Remain connected to me. What is Jesus talking about? What is Jesus talking about? Funny thing is, you know. You know what it means to be connected to Jesus, don't you? You know if during the week you're connected to Jesus or not, and if it's only on Sundays when you feel like, man, I'm really connected to Jesus. You know what your prayer life is like. You know if you give a rip about His Word or you don't, you you know that. I don't have to stand up here and tell you whether or not you are connected to the vine. I don't have to stand up here and, and give you a whole bunch of Scripture references so you can look it up and say, am I connected to the vine or not? What does Scripture say about me being connected to the vine? Am I or not? The the issue is, is that you know, but you will not admit it. The issue is not whether or not you are connected to the vine, and if you can find enough scripture to find out if you're connected to the vine or not. The issue is you know, but you won't say that you are or not, or not. The issue is that, that, that because of your pride and your unwillingness to surrender and your fear of what God might do in your life, if you give him everything, it separates you from him. And when Jesus talks about obeying his commandments, you go, well, that doesn't sound like much fun, Kenny. That doesn't sound like it's going to be a whole bunch of fun to follow Jesus and his commandments. I'd much rather follow my way, and I would say, there you go. There you go. You know, your category. you wonder wondering which category you're in. There you go. You, you just you said it. Jesus' way doesn't sound like much fun. It doesn't sound like something I want to do. Then you're in the other category you're in the other category. Here's what Jesus says, though. What did he say? He said, He said, when you, when you are truly connected to me, when you are over here and you are connected to the vine, he says, I'm going to fill you with my joy. My joy. Now, whose joy would you rather be filled with? Your joy or Jesus' joy? Jesus says, you can come and be connected to the vine, you can be connected with me, and you can be filled with my joy. Or you can go your own way. He says, but but be warned about this, though. If you choose to not be connected to my way in the vine, if you choose to go your way, that you will. If you're not connected, you're going to wither and you're going to die. And, And these branches that wither and die, because they're not connected to the vine, they're cut down and they're thrown into the fire. They're discarded because they're no use. They're of no use. These are not the words of Kenny Nix. These are the words of the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ. I did not make them up. I did not twist them around. All I did was tell you the truth of God's word about, about Jesus and what he says about loving him. This is his final words before he is to go to the cross and die and be put in a tomb. And he's telling them the most important things. He says, remain connected to the vine. Remain connected to the vine. And what else does he tell them? He says, love other people. He says, Kenny, Kenny, love other people. If you want to bring glory to your father, love other people. Kenny, I know you don't feel like it sometimes. I know that you feel like you should be bitter towards certain people because of the way they've hurt you and things they've done to you. But Kenny, if you want to bring glory to your Father, you love them the way that I loved you. You, did, you didn't deserve for me to love you, did you? No, Father, I didn't. I didn't, but you love me anyway. You love me at my worst of my worst of my worst at my worst. You, that's when you loved me and died for me. And I didn't deserve that. There was nothing I could do to deserve that, but you did anyway. He says, good, good, you understand it. Now love them like that. Love them like that. And I go, but God, is hard. He says, yes. Yes, it's hard. Love them like that. But God... I, I really thought that, that being a Christian meant that, that things would be a lot easier in my life. There are, but, but when you choose to, to represent me and represent my kingdom, you're going to have to love in a hard way. You're going to have to do some things that are going to challenge you in a way that you don't want to be challenged. Your weakest areas are going to be challenged because people want to see Jesus in that. Hey, you're going to be able to represent me and my kingdom So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to take all the the nasty, filthy things in your life, all the bitterness and anger and malice and all those things, and we're going to have to rip them out of you. And surgery is not fun. It is is not anything anybody enjoys. When you do surgery, it cleans stuff out, and it brings healing. It brings healing. And, Kenny, it's going to be hard. I'm going to bring devastation in your life to bring trials into your life. I'm going to make you cry. I'm going to make you upset. And it's all going to be for the purpose of doing surgery on your heart so we can remove all those things that don't belong there because you represent my kingdom. And, and, And when I said yes to Jesus Christ, understand this. Understand this. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, you sign up for all of that. You sign up for all of that. You say, yes, Jesus, I'm in. No matter what you have to do in my life so that I represent your kingdom well, God, search my heart. Know my innermost thoughts and my innermost desires, and God, do surgery on me so I can have those things removed. And even though it's painful, I'll still have your Holy Spirit that has been inserted into my life to bring me your joy. But... A lot of times you won't be taught that. A lot of times you'll just be taught that Jesus just wants you to be happy. He wants you to be healthy. He wants everything to just be okay in your life. The reality is, the reality is, God wants you to love other people. God wants you to obey his commandments. And God wants you to be connected To his son Jesus Christ. All the other stuff, all the other stuff, it it is just a bonus on top of that. It's just a bonus on top of that. The fact that you get the joy, the fact that you get the Holy Spirit, Jesus describes these as gifts. He's like, these are my gifts to you. So this, this is what, this is almost like on top of everything. See, people want the joy, and they want the Holy Spirit, and, and they come in here. This is why sometimes people are confused. They come in here, and the Holy Spirit of God starts moving on their heart, starts challenging them, and they think because they experience something and they feel something, then they must be a child of God. They must, they must be in this category over here that is somebody that loves Jesus. In reality, what may be going on instead is that they're really over here, but they get to experience the Holy Spirit like pounding on their heart, trying to get them, wake up, come over here and be connected to the vine. They go, well, I went to church, man, I experienced something. My heart was about to pound out of my chest. Yeah, it's very likely the reason that was happening is because you're not in a relationship with Jesus. That you're not truly connected to the vine. And God's trying to shake up your soul and get you to wake up and recognize that. But so often people, people think, well, I experience something, man. I must be, I must be in love with Jesus. No. When you go to bed tonight, lay in your bed and think about it. Think about whether or not you are actually in a relationship with him or not. Lay awake at night. Lose sleep. Let, let, let your stomach growl and get hungry. Stop eating and start challenging yourself. Am I in love with Jesus Christ or am I not? Am I in love with myself? Weep, mourn. Let yourself be challenged in a way that you've never been challenged before. Really pray for once. Stop saying all these super, superficial prayers and start really praying to God. God, break my heart if I don't have a relationship with you. God, make me sick. Make me to the point where I can't eat. God, do whatever you have to do to wake me up and show me if I have a relationship with you or not. When's the last time you prayed a prayer like that? When's the last time you said, God, search my heart for anything that is unpleasing to you, anything that might not bring you glory, and I want you to rip it out. If you have to grind me to powder, that's what I want you to do so I might be able to bring you glory. God, make me sick to the point where I have no desire to do anything else but to bring you glory by proclaiming your good name and your good news. Why do we pray such weak prayers to such a powerful God? I don't know. I don't know. He says, love each other. Love each other. This is where it gets real, real hard. People hurt us, don't they? People stab us in the back. People cheat on us. They quit on us. They run out on us. People we thought we could trust. We really can't trust them. People hurt us, right? Yeah. Yep, that happens. That happens. Think about what you do to God. Think about how you treat Jesus. Does he love you? Do you expect him to love you? Do you expect God to love you the way he loves you? And yet in spite of all the things you do, that it's against him and in disobedience to him, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's all about love, right? Everybody talks about 1 Corinthians chapter 13 being the love chapter. Now I believe this is a love chapter. This is real love right here, man. Paul talks about how we're supposed to love each other in the church, and that's a great thing to talk about. But this is about us and Jesus. And if we don't get this straight, then we can't really truly be a member of the church. We can't be a part of the church, and we can't really be a working member of the body of of believers if we are not connected to the vine. So we better stop worrying about being a good church member, and we better start worrying about being a good Jesus Christ follower. Because there's a lot of people in a lot of churches that have their name on rolls, but in reality, they're not connected to the vine. They're not connected to Jesus Christ. They don't truly love Jesus. And yet they think they're going to bring glory to God. You want to start bringing glory to God, do what he says here. Do what he says here. Do, Do the last two things Jesus says before he goes to the cross. If you love me, obey my commandments. Love each other. Love each other even when it hurts, even when it's difficult, even when it's challenging in a way that you cannot stand in the deepest, darkest parts of your soul. Let me say this. Y'all remember the woman at the well? And we'll finish with this, this story, right? So the woman at the well, she's a Samaritan woman. And she's hanging out at a well. She's drawing, drawing water during the middle of the day because that's when nobody else would really be there. Most people went early in the morning or late in the evening because that was the coolest time of the day and that was the easiest time to draw water. So that's when it was most crowded. Well, she's drawing water during the middle of the day. And Jesus rolls up. And he starts talking to a Samaritan woman. Now, this is frowned upon. Jews didn't like Samaritans. They didn't hang out with them. Didn't want to talk to them. Didn't even want to go in their area. Because they were afraid they were going to be defiled by just being around Samaritans. Jesus is talking to this woman. And he begins to just love her. He begins to really just tell her who he is. And, and she talks about who she is. And Jesus is like, I already know. She, sa- she says, sir, I have no husband. And he's like, you're right. You don't have a husband. You have five husbands. And the one you're with now is not your own. And everybody's like, man, that is a loving God. That is, that is a loving Savior right there that would go to a woman who's an outcast, one that, that, that doesn't really fit in, and he goes and he approaches her, and he tells her that she can actually be part of a kingdom, that, that, that he, he has water that, that he can give her where she'll never get thirsty again. That's what he tells her. And she's like, man, I need this water. And Jesus has compassion on her, Right? And he has, and everybody's like, man, we we love a Savior like that. We want to be like that Savior. We want to be like that Jesus. We need Jesus to love us like that, and we're going to love other people like that woman, like Jesus loved that woman. We're going to do that, right? That woman, man, she felt the compassion of Jesus, and I want to be like that. Jesus said, you're right. You're right. And the man you're with now is not your own. We all want to be on the receiving end of that compassion of a Jesus like that. But let me ask you this. Are you willing to give compassion on a woman like that the way Jesus did? Are you willing to pour out compassion on a woman like that and love her the way that Jesus loved her? And tell her about a kingdom that she can be a part of where she'll never be thirsty again. Are you willing to love somebody like that? Well, let me ask you this question. What if it's your husband is the one that that woman is with? Now are you willing to show her that kind of compassion and that kind of love? He said the 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 one you're with now is not your own. What if it's your husband that she's with? Are you willing to have that kind of love and compassion on her? We said that we deserve that. We said that we want that kind of compassion and love. Are we willing to give that when it hurts the most, when it's the most challenging, when, it, when it's the, the most difficult thing you could ever imagine in your life? Are you willing to give that kind of compassion and that kind of love? We go, oh, no, you just put us in the story. Yeah. Yeah. We need to do that more often because we'll put ourselves in John 3.16 all day long. We need to put ourselves in more of these passages and say, can I do what Jesus did? Can I love like Jesus did? Because he commands me to. It's what he tells me I'm supposed to do. If I'm one of his, if I'm truly connected to the vine, I'm going to love like he loved. Is that you? Is, is, is that you? Are, you? are you in love with Jesus or do you love you? What's the answer? Quit calling yourself a Christian if, if you're not in this category over here. Just tell people, they say, are you a Christian? Just tell them, I don't really know. At least be honest. Because if you're going to represent this kingdom over here, represent it well. And do everything you can to let God do surgery in your heart so that you're following Jesus in such a way that you're so in love with him, you're willing to do whatever it takes to honor that kind of God. That kind of God. If you don't know him, if you don't have a relationship with him, he's calling you to a relationship the thing he requires you to do is not to get your life straightened out, not for you to fix everything up and start following all of his commandments. What he asks you to do is he says, all you have to do is you come to me with a broken heart and you ask. You come to me with your, with your heart open and say, God, I don't want to do it my way anymore. I want to do it your way and I give it all to you and God, you're in control now and that's all I know how to do. God, break my heart to the point where I come to this, this place where I recognize that I need you so desperately. And you come to him and you ask. You come to him and you ask. It's a shame. So many people are lying to themselves, trying to think that they're over here. They're over here and they're really connected with the vine. And the reality is, they're not. They're not. The question I have for you today is a simple question Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Are you connected to the vine, and does your life represent the fact that you love Jesus? Or do you love yourself more than you love Jesus? Which one? Simple question. Father, thank you, God, for your word. These are the words of our almighty Savior. And God, they are not to be taken lightly. God, your word is powerful, and it is challenging. And God, it is so difficult to hear on our ears. Because everything inside of us wants to love ourselves. But God, you call us to love you more. So Lord, if there's somebody here that they don't know you, they don't have a relationship with you, God, I pray that they would fall down in mercy before you and before your throne and simply ask and say, God, change my life forever. God, make me a new creation. Only you have the power to, to create new. God, maybe somebody today would just fall down at your grace and your altar and just say, God, save me, rescue me from myself. God, I'm tired of me. I just want Jesus. Maybe somebody would come to that relationship today. Lord, and if there's somebody here, God, maybe they've been disobedient to you in some way. Maybe there's something in their life. Maybe they haven't loved others as you called them to do. Maybe you've challenged them in that area that that there's, there's somebody in their life they have bitterness towards, malice towards. And God, you just need to do surgery on them. I know that your Holy Spirit can do that. God, I know that your Holy Spirit can change them. God, but we have to be obedient. We have to fall down and say, God, you changed me. I can't do it myself. God, you do something great in my life. You do something that I cannot do. God, you changed my heart. God, may we be true followers of Jesus. May we be true lovers of Jesus Christ. May we be truly yours. God, whatever you need to do in this time, God, may we be obedient to you. May your Holy Spirit speak to us and show us the truth. Show us what's really in our hearts right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you all stand?